Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Mark chapter 4, verse 30. We're going to continue. I'm going to continue the series that Pastor CJ and uh, has been going on. And it is called The Kingdom of Heaven is Like. So we're going to hit this right here in Mark chapter 4. In the New King James Version, it says... Then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? Remember, Jesus spoke in parables. So he would also explain the parables sometimes, but he spoke in pictures. And a lot of these parables or stories didn't make sense to mostly everyone. Because they were spiritual understandings. They were revelations and deep talks but then he would explain it later to the disciples so he uses this analogy and says it is like a mustard seed which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on earth but when it is sown it grows up that means you have to put forth the effort to put it in the ground now this is your faith your faith has to go deeper than surface level I believe having faith at surface level is a form of religion. I really do believe that. I think that at surface level faith, you just go through the motions, you show up, you're there, but your heart's not really in it. So when you look at this, this is something about going deeper. So you have to sow the seed into the ground, and when it grows up, it becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches. So the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Now, you have to ask yourself, why would the Lord include birds? What does that have to do with anything? He didn't just add the birds in there because it made more, the story a lot more entertaining. There is actually a type and a shadow and symbolism here for these birds. And we're going to explain that, and we're going to talk about the growth of your faith, and we're going to talk about how we can see the kingdom of God and liken it to an angel tree. God has a purpose, and God has a way he does things in the earth. And we're going to teach tonight a principle that if you'll grab a hold of it, you're going to see the hand of God working in your life in different areas when you learn how to sow properly and watch it grow. How many of you want your faith to grow? I know I want my faith to grow. So everybody say, God bless this message right now in Jesus' name. Somebody give God a hand clap and just tell him thank you ahead of time by faith. Just say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And you can be seated tonight. God bless you. I started to think about tonight, and I was reminded of a ministry that we normally do throughout the year, uh, well, once, once throughout the year, called the Angel Tree Ministry. It's something that was started with the Salvation Army in 1979. In 1979, there was a couple that were majors in, they call them majors, within the organization of Salvation Army, the White Family. And they recognized that during this time of the year, there were children that were without gifts, children essentially without parents. 
and so they had a burden for the children in their area in Virginia. And so when they began to brainstorm and think about what they could do, they approached the local shopping mall. And in 1979, they approached the shopping mall, all the vendors, and they said, we would like to help the less fortunate, those whose parents are incarcerated, those whose parents have passed away. There are many types of angel tree ministries now, even for military children and for their parents who are serving our country. But that was the birth that came from a burden to make a difference in children's lives. And so what they did, they took white plates, just little plates, and they put a tree up in the mall, and they just hung these plates, you know, around their paper plates, and they put the names of the children on these plates and what the needs were, and they would take these needs and give the information, and people would begin to go and buy them gifts in the mall. That first year when they launched that outreach, Surprisingly, they had about 700 kids, 700 children that they were able to bless that first year with the Angel Tree program. From then, it really began to spur on, and they moved it to a different location. They moved it to Music, Music City, and they began to go and infiltrate the radio stations, and people began to promote that, and that was just the beginning. I brought you that story tonight because I wanted to give you an example of exactly what and how to explain this parable. When, when we look at this, it's, it's a small herb, the mustard seed, that actually grows. But what's interesting is, is that like the angel tree, there's birds that are in that tree that come once it matures, once it begins to grow. Throughout the scripture, if you look at that, you'll find many, many times Jesus gives analogies and examples of what these things meant. Again, the, the, the topic for this series is the kingdom of heaven is likened unto. It's like this and it's like that. And, and in one portion of scripture, you'll find that Jesus explains to Peter in the book of Acts while in prayer, that he was fixing to go to a man's house who was very wealthy, who had supported the Jewish nation. He had built temples. He supported the church. And because of his heart of giving and building and, and making contributions and his single heart towards God, God showed up in a vision to Peter in another town and sent him to Cornelius' house. The message was that God brought down a blanket with four corners. And in that, there was animals that he would consider to be unclean. Animals that, that God had commanded them through the law not to eat because they were unclean animals. And the Lord speaks to Peter and he says, take and eat. And, and Peter said, I, I, Lord, I've never eaten. You forbade us to, you forbid us to eat those things. And he said, what I have cleaned, don't call unclean. And that was an example of God fixing to bring in the Gentile nation. Peter represented the church. And he told him, take and consume the unclean. 
or bring the unclean or bring those into your body. So God was fixing to bring the Gentile nation into the body of Christ. And that's all over the scripture. All over the scripture. Everyone knows that the serpent represents the devil. The dragon represented the devil. We know all these types of shadows. And, and then even in the book of Job talks about a spirit called Leviathan. And these are demonic spirits that seem to come from the underwater world. And there's so many types and so many things in the scripture that reference the kingdom in opposition. Jesus, again, was the Lamb of God. And then, then he was also called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And so when you look at this and you see the examples that God has given from the parable of the sower, throwing into the ground, and the ground represented the heart, and the conditions of the heart, and some were able to bring forth in good ground, 30, 60, and 100. And, and there's so many examples. But in this portion of Scripture, when you look at this, everything that God created had a type. Everything from the things in the earth, from the things in the air, and the things beneath the earth. Everything the fish of the sea and and then there was the animals on the earth and what type they represented the clean and the unclean but then there's the fowl of the air and those fowls of the air represented things that existed in the heavens those are the things that when you and I look up we can see and how many times have we seen God reference the eagle how many times have we seen God reference that that majestic bird and reference it to the spirit of God and how God would actually give us the wings of eagles. And Isaiah prophesied and said that they that wait upon God will renew their strength and they'll mount up with wings of eagles. Now, I have seen people receive strength in church, but I have never seen anybody grow eagles' wings. You understand what I'm saying? These are spiritual things. So when Jesus gives parables, he uses them to use it as spiritual examples. Those fowls or those birds that came have everything to do with the kingdom of God and your faith in the kingdom. That mustard seed that grew. That mustard seed, he said, was likened unto it the kingdom was likened unto that small seed. And that's exactly what every single one of us, how we begin. Our thought process concerning the kingdom of God started as a seed. It starts as a seed. When you really don't hear about the kingdom of God so much in church, well, in a lot of churches, and this one you do, but, but no one really kind of explains the, the concept of, of living in the kingdom or having a kingdom mindset because we are, if you have been saved and born again and you have the name of Jesus in your life and you are what we call a citizen of God's kingdom, you can't see the kingdom. 
You don't hear it, but it's something you experience and you know it because of your interaction with the king of that kingdom. But when the king does something and he shows his majesty and glory in the earth, then you begin, you and I both begin to comprehend how God functions and what the kingdom of God is. And for every single one of us, we all have begun at stage one. Stage one is having faith. Having faith in God's kingdom because the king has saved you. When the king, when you are a recipient of the blood that came from our king, Jesus, then you begin to get rooted and grounded. Then you understand the concept of the kingdom, and this is where God gives you his spirit. How many of you are with me so far? How many of you have ever experienced the presence and the Spirit of God in your life? The Spirit of God is, is the very vehicle from which the King operates. Everyone say, the King, the king. Operates, operates through the kingdom. Or can you repeat this after me? God, God. moves in the earth, in the earth. Through, the Holy Spirit. through the Holy Spirit. It's synonymous. Based on your concept and your learning and your growing in the knowledge of Christ, based on your devotion, if you pray every day, which is having a relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, and if you read the Word of God, your understanding of the King and His kingdom becomes very clear and you begin to grow in your understanding. Because you can only grow as far as your mind can conceive and perceive God through the word. You can write that down if you want to, because I don't know if I'll ever say it again. You can only grow as far as your mind can conceive and receive the word of God through his revelatory knowledge, through revelation. That's no different than living here on this earth. Right now, if you're hungry after service, if you go get something to eat, you're only going to go places that you know of. I mean, if you're, you have food at the house, you're going to go home. We, no, but we got food at the house. I'm not going to go to eat. Right? I almost said H-E-B. Not going to Whataburger. I got hamburgers in the house. Right? Your knowledge, where, you're, where your hunger is fed is... It goes to the knowledge of what you know. Where in the kingdom of God, your spirit man is based its hunger and where it gets fed on the word of God. And how much you grow will determine how much of the limits you take off. If you lack knowledge in God, you stunt your growth. Because that's as far as your faith will go. So when it comes to God, I hope I'm not losing you. 
Because when it comes to God and growing in God, if you only know him as a forgiving savior, that's wonderful. You'll survive. But if you know him as a powerful savior and creator of the heavens and the earth, who has defeated every devil, who can heal every disease, who can deliver you out of darkness, who can take care of your foes, then you've just taken the limits off of your faith. And when you read that in the Bible, now you have given yourself a goal. But remember this, goals without plans is just a dream. So you must begin to plan and prepare your day to reach a goal in growth. And goals don't care how you feel. It doesn't matter if you feel like it or don't feel like it. It doesn't matter. Goals are waiting for you. They don't care how you feel. That's why you cannot base your experience with God if you want to grow in God, and that's your goal. And I think that should be everybody's goal. You can't go by feeling depressed. You can't go by your anger. You can't go by unforgiveness. You cannot go by fear, definitely not by fear or anxiety. You must move forward by faith and know that God can. And when you do that, you'll start to feel your faith connect with something that you cannot see. And then you begin to understand. Wait a minute. There's, there, I, I feel something. Remember that old song? I feel it in my hands. I feel it in my feet. Somewhere. Got it somewhere. There, there is something about interacting through faith. Faith in his presence. But here's what you have to understand. The scripture says that that seed, which is like the what? Kingdom of God, right? The seed is what? The seed is what? The seed is like what? Everybody say it, then we'll move on. The kingdom of God is likened unto the mustard seed, right? Give me a good nod if you understand what I'm talking about. So that has to grow. That has to grow. So you let that grow by letting the S-O-N, not the S-U-N, shine into your life. By letting the Spirit bring precipitation. Somebody say it. Precipitation. Thank you. And you allow your roots to sink in. Go beyond surface level. And let God deal with the increase. Grow. As you grow, these heavenly fowls, these creatures, spiritual creatures, begin to inhabit in your faith. And your perception of the kingdom. Think about that. What's amazing is, is it referenced the mustard seed that the birds would come in and rest in and find shade. And another portion of scripture says they build a nest. They perch there. It makes its resident in your faith in the kingdom. Remember... Jesus also said, if you have the faith the side of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and it will move, right? Okay, 
Then he said, the mustard seed is like the kingdom of heaven. When it goes into the ground, in other words, when you become sincere with God and you allow the concept of what the scripture says deep into your heart, then God says, I can grow it now because now you're pulling it in your personal life. You've received it. Now he can do something with seeds don't grow outside the ground or inside of an environment where it can be incubated or germinated. Seeds will only grow in the proper environment that will bring nutrition, water, and enough light if it needs it to sprout. What you're doing when you come to church, you want to know what you're doing when you come to church? You are feeding the seed and the faith that you have in God's kingdom and every time you come to church and you felt the presence of God and you see look don't, don't get don't think it's crazy if you see people raising their hands and singing the songs and sometimes people <laughs> and don't know why they're crying and you think it's weird no 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 it's not weird it's real people are experiencing something that you can't see but don't knock it till you tried it because it's real it's real. I know that it's real. And you are now feeding that faith in God's kingdom. If that's the kingdom, then it is, and it represents faith as well, then your faith in God's kingdom is growing. And when that principle, that faith that you have in God's kingdom, where you believe that God can, and it begins to grow, Point number one, this is when your faith grows, angels begin to rest in your purpose. Those birds, and I'm going to contend just with you tonight, don't come up to me yet. Just listen to the whole lesson. I'm contending that those birds represent angels. Spirits. Spirit beings. First of all, they had wings. Birds have wings. That's symbolic. There are other types of spirits out there that can be blackbirds, things like that. I don't want to get too far into, into I think you can go too far that way and get lost and get sidetracked on, on rabbit trails that don't grow you. But I do think you have to have enough knowledge about the scripture and what Jesus meant when he taught these parables. Those birds didn't represent you and I, first of all. They didn't. You and I don't inhabit the heavens, the firmament of the heavens. The only creature that inhabits the firmament of the heavens naturally in the earth is birds and spiritually in the spirit realm is angels. That's the equivalency there. That's how I know. But I also know by living this life and understanding as my faith began to grow in this area of my life, I have seen angels work in my life because my purpose was tied to the kingdom. So that's how the kingdom is likened into a mustard seed. You'll see God begin to work on your behalf when you grow that in your life. And the only way to grow it is to define your purpose and understand why God made you the way he made you. 
why God prospered you the way he has prospered you, why God has educated you the way he, the reason he's educated you wasn't just for yourself, but was to make a difference in other people's lives. The reason why he gave you the ability to do business is so you can be a king, so you can be a provisionary, so you can make a difference in the world. The reason why God made you intellectual to make you a teacher so you can teach and explain was to lead a generation closer to Jesus. Now, you may use all of that to provide a living for your family. That's wonderful. But when you tie it to the kingdom and use your gifts for God in the same manner you would provide a living for your family, that's the secret of transitioning and transference. Your heart now is now connected to the purpose of God. And as your faith begins to grow, God begins to answer and proves to you that he will help you. And there has never been a place in the scripture that I've seen God do something by himself. I'm going to challenge you with that. He always used angels. Always. He always used angels as servants. Why do you think every, every patriarch, when Daniel, when Daniel was in prayer for 21 days, on the 21st day, the angel showed up. And said, Daniel, God has heard you from day one. But while you were praying, we were fighting off other angels. The principalities. But I'm here to tell you, God has answered your prayer. God sent an angel. Why didn't God come himself? Servants. It's the way God operates. It's the way God moves. We are his children. But God has given us the assistance of angels to minister. And the scripture says that they are ministering spirits. That they also minister. They came and ministered to him at his birth with the shepherds there recognizing all of them. They came to minister after his 40 days and 40 nights of being tempted by Satan himself in the wilderness. The angels came and the scripture says they ministered to him and he grew in authority and power. Jesus said, from this day on, you're going to see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Angels would help him. Because angels will only obey the word of God, even though they're here with us and they help us. When Jesus released the word, the angels who have the ability to keep their eyes on the Father and their eyes on you will respond according to the word of God coming out of you. Angels don't obey your voice. Angels obey the voice of God coming out of you. Somebody needs to catch that right there. That's why we pray the way we do. That's why you pray in the spirit. That's when you start seeing the authority of God. That's when you spend enough time with God, you start talking like God. Not in your personality, but in your authority when the inspiration of God comes through your life. And the word is released. That's why you don't have to, the mustard seed is not the biggest of the trees, but it's the biggest of the herbs. And it grows. 
but it just takes that much to connect with God for you to believe that's your faith growing in God. The only way that was possible is that Jesus, in order for him to give us this, he had to die on a tree so he can become the tree of life. Let me show you this right here. Let me show you this right here. Let's go through these two. Let me read you this. No, go back. Let's read this. In this manner, therefore, pray. This is why Jesus told the disciples. The reason why he told them when they asked him to pray, how do you pray, Lord? This is, this is what he said. He said, in, in this manner, pray like this. Therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is not a prayer for the future. Other commentators have actually said they believe that was God's people supposed to pray, Lord, please send your kingdom. Lord, please come back soon. Lord, please get us out of here. Why would God do that when he prayed for his disciples in John chapter 17 and said, Lord, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but I pray that you keep them from evil, but that you would give them the authority, the same authority you gave me, that they would mm, defeat the devil that they would drive out the darkness, that they would rise up in victory, that they wouldn't fall behind but always be ahead. So our prayers need to shift, and this is what he taught the disciples. If you want to see my hand working in the earth, pray my kingdom come today, every day, every hour. Let your faith be planted in this. And in order for us to do this, Jesus made a transition. Now go to the slide. Jesus died on a tree. Jesus died on a tree. The scripture says, cursed every man who hangs on a tree. He became a curse. But the equivalency of that after his death was the resurrection. And when you read Revelation, Jesus also became the tree of life. The very tree that was in the Garden of Eden. Not only did Jesus become the second Adam, but Jesus also became the tree of life. And through that, that's when we begin to make the transition. When Jesus is in your life, he has to, watch this, this is going to sound a little crazy, but it's in the scripture. You don't receive a baby, Jesus, but you are a baby in your understanding. And you have to grow in that understanding. It's one thing to hear the Bible and read the Bible, and then it's another to experience the living Word of God, the God of the Bible. You can read the Bible, you can look at pictures. Watch all the movies you want about the Bible. That, that just gives you knowledge. But when you take the knowledge and act in it by faith and interact with the author of the book, your faith begins to grow in God. And he reigns through his actions, through his spirit, and that is the kingdom. Because every king reigns through his kingdom. And he put the kingdom of God inside of you. And within his kingdom 
is the answers. And he grows. Watch the next slide. So here's actually what happens. Our very foundation, Jesus was called the root and the offspring of David, King David. King David. So King Jesus grows inside of us. Jesus has to grow into your facilities. This is why the apostle Paul said, I travail in prayer until Christ be formed in you. Keep looking forward. Are you ready? You can live. I don't care how long you've been living for God. If you haven't challenged yourself to grow, you can have lived for God for 20 years and still be a teenager. Or a child. Seniority doesn't matter. You have to grow in the spirit. And not just in knowledge, but applying the knowledge. That's like, that's like going to school and getting trained and educated and passing every test. But then when you get to the job, you forgot everything you learned and you never could apply it. But God doesn't want us to have the word in our life just so we can have it. He actually gave it to us to read it, to find out how he interacted with humanity, us learn the secrets, us get the guidelines and understand his full purpose. That Bible was inspired by the Holy Ghost and has began to correspond all 66 books tied in together, written by different authors at different times, all begins to look like a perfect tapestry and God's plan written by different people who are educated, uneducated, rich and poor. You can still be rich and know how much of the love of God is in your life and still have a love for God. There's absolutely nothing wrong with having things. There's just something wrong with things having you. We encourage everybody, if that's God's plan for your life, then listen to the voice of God, have the heart of God, and be obedient to God. Tie in your purpose to the kingdom, and he'll keep your heart. You won't be lost. He challenged other people and challenged them to sell all that they had, but that was them. That's not requiring everybody to do it. We need everybody. In the kingdom, God needs every gift, every talent, every ability, our resources. We have to be all in. Someone say, I'm all in. We all, if we all did our part, there is absolutely nothing that anyone can do to stop us. I'm going to say this, and I need to say it on a Sunday. If every person did their part with time, talent, and treasure, we wouldn't have to go to a bank and say, will you please lend us money? We would be able to build that church in no time. It's that simple. It's that simple. But when we can believe God for kingdom things, to see God move, like tonight, 
If every single one of us would believe that in the kingdom of God there is healing and that our king paid the price for that healing and we all agreed on that together. If someone was sick here tonight and we all agreed and we're on the same page, I believe someone would get healed tonight. I've seen it happen. I've seen other people not have the faith but have the curiosity. And they come to God begging when they should be coming to God celebrating. I have been there too. Go back to the chart. But when you grow in God and the kingdom begins to grow in you, angels begin to perch on your faith. And this is where they're waiting to see what comes out of your mouth. They also watch what you do. I'm telling you, they play a major part. We don't talk about it enough in church, but I'm teaching you tonight so you can understand everyone has been assigned angels based on your assignment. You've heard me say this about 10 times throughout this church history. I think I've said it a few times. When I first, we first started this church, this was all empty. Concrete floors, red iron everywhere. We'd come in here, we'd pray, and I spent hours and hours and hours by myself here. The kids were just so small. I bring them sometimes, but I'd come up here at night by myself, and I spent hours up here, and I would go home back and forth. And on one of those trips coming up to the church, I had a man of God call me. And this is just a personal story, but I want to share with you and tell you how real this is. And I was, I was coming to the church for prayer. And while I was on the road coming this way, I had a phone call from another preacher. Uh, I would call him a, a prophet, a man who could hear God's voice and know what God is doing and give direction. And he called me and he told me, he said, the Lord wanted me to reassure you that he is with you. And he began to talk to me about this church and what God was going to do. And it lined up with everything that he said. And he began to describe the building that we saw up here during the tithe and offering time. He began to describe it. That building has been described to me by many, many preachers already. And but he began to confirm that. And while he is talking to me, I feel like a static hand. You ever felt static before? But have you ever felt static compress you? You felt static? You know what I'm talking about? You don't know what I'm talking about, but can you imagine what I'm talking about? I felt a hand on my head. And I felt a hand on my heart pressing me and he said pastor to confirm what I'm telling you and God is with you he's given you five angels to help you build that church he said two are with you right now one has his hand on your head the other one has his hand on your heart don't be afraid God is with you never forget it never forget it I've been in prayer. I know this sounds crazy to some people, but he's real. If you believe in God at all, if you're here tonight, you must believe in something you can't see. But as your faith grows, your perception grows, your experience grows, and then when you realize how real God is, then you start to look at this world like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm wasting all my time. What really matters is the world to come. 
I've been in the presence of God at times, and I have to share this with you so you understand. I have been in prayer where I was walking around the church, and I can feel I ran in right into an angel. That same impression, that same sense, my spirit knew there was an angel there. And it was one night on a Wednesday night while worship was happening. He was, one was standing right there. And there was a sweet little lady that was right about three feet away. And I, and I felt him right there. I just felt him. I knew he was there. Well, she was worshiping and having a little sweet good time. This little sweet lady, she never got excited. She never jumped. But she was just so sweet doing this. And I don't know what happened. She kind of moved, moved to the left. And she walked right into it. And all of a sudden, she started shouting and started doing all kinds of stuff. People thought she was crazy. And I, I knew what was going on. I said, she's all right. And she goes, oh, my God, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what this is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's powerful. Baba. And just started all this praying coming out. I said, and I had to walk over there. I said, it's okay, sweetheart. You just you walked into an angel. They're real. That's what makes this church weird. Booga, 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 booga. I'm not going there. Forget it. I'm not going there. But we'll believe God for healing, right? We'll believe God to pay our light bill. What's the difference? What's the difference? God chooses angels to work, but they'll perch on your faith. They will perch on your faith and they'll wait. Listen to this. Point number two. Angels are waiting for you to speak. The rhema word, the fresh word of God coming out from the inspiration of God that you got in prayer and praise. When God begins to talk through you, where the word of a king is, there's power. That's why you got to be careful when somebody's anointed by God, and you know it's God by the love of God and the witness that you feel, but when God speaks through them, and they do it with humility, and they have a walk with God, the scripture says that even Samuel, when God was going to raise him up as a prophet, he never let any of his words fall to the ground, but every one of his words fulfilled what they were spoken and what he released all because he learned how to hear the voice of God. It's not an audible thing. It's a spiritual perception and getting used to the presence of God in prayer. And when God baptizes your spirit and you begin to pray in the spirit more and more and more, you can't separate the spirit of God from the word of God. And as you begin to create that flow, what do you think is going through you? The word of God. And what do you think Jude said? Pray in your most holiest faith, most purest faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's how your faith grows, by hearing and hearing of the word of God, not the written word which is necessary for you to have in your facilities so God can grow you and use you and you can register something and you can understand what you're saying. But when you pray in the Spirit, you are now establishing your faith in God and when you open your mouth, you're going to, when you open your mouth, now there are times we open up our mouth, it's not God. 
I'm going to tell you right now, I know when God's on me. I know when God's not on me. I know when I'm anointed. I have had God not anoint me in a preaching service before and tell me, now, which one do you like better, without my anointing or with my anointing? I said, Lord, I don't ever want to do this without you. I don't ever want to do this without you. I feel something in here tonight. I feel something in my spirit. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't take a monster drink. I did have some type of like green tea kind of thing, but it wasn't that bad, you know. You understand. But there's a faith and there's a courage and there's a other whole level of seeing things differently when the anointing comes on you and when you declare some things and you feel some things in the spirit, but you got to know that person versus the dry person who talks and releases your feelings and especially out of emotion. Angels see that too. But when you release the word of God, Listen to this. Watch this. Let me give you some scriptures. Matthew 18 and 10. Listen to this. Matthew 18 and 10. Throw that up there for me, guys. Listen to what this says. Beware that you don't look around on any of these little ones. Speaking of the children. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. And furthermore, it begins to talk about how the eyes of the Lord are always towards them, watching them, listening, and very aware to receive commandment from God. Angels work on God's behalf. They're servants. They are called servants of the Most High God. Servants. What do you expect? God's royalty. God will step down and do things like for himself like but he used an angel to send the message to Mary and the spirit of God overshadowed Mary and she conceived it and, and the, but 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 in every work that God has done he has always used angels along his side as servants because angels can do things that you and I can't do and there are certain things that we can do that angels can't do so we work together with them that's how it works you and I have been redeemed. Angels don't know what it is to be forgiven by the blood of Jesus or redeemed. You and I have the capacity to love God. They don't know that type of capacity to love God because they've never been forgiven. They just have to obey the word of God. And if they disobey, they'll be judged by it. But the scripture says we'll judge them at the end. But for us, we are the sons of God. And when the word of God is led out, that's why Jesus, he said, the words that I speak, they are what? Spirit and life. He was the tree of life. He had angels helping him everywhere he went. And as he released the word of God, they obeyed it and helped him. Do you want help? Watch what you say. Matthew 26, 52 and 53. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword down. This is when Peter took the sword, cut off the ear to the high priest. Servants, the servant. He said, put your sword in its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. But listen to what he says in verse 53. This is powerful. 
cannot I pray to my Father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Don't you know, Peter, all I have to do is ask God for 12 legions, not 12 angels, 12 legions, thousands of angels. And he, did you really? And I will send them in that moment. Listen to Psalms 103, 19 and 22. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans. Huh? You mighty ones who carry out his plans. Listen for each. Listening for what? Each of his commands. This is what makes us have the authority and the, and the position that God has given us in this earth. When he brought his kingdom, he put his king inside of us. And as the kingdom expands, which is the purpose of God, he uses people to release his word that, come out of, that comes out of devotion. That's why when you're filled with the spirit, what comes out of your mouth. That's why, you know, you know what I've, I've always wondered? Why did God give us two ears and one mouth? You ever thought about that? I think about dumb stuff like that sometimes, right? Why did God give us two ears and one mouth? I'll tell you why. So we can listen more than we talk. But when you say something that God is saying, listen to this. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. That's why the most important thing in your life is to be in the will of God. Some of us used to serve in a different kingdom. Some of us used to have different gods. But now when you have made Jesus your king, there is a shift of authority and power and influence. And then this is where you learn and have to learn how to grow in God and let him develop you and learn and understand that we are laborers together with him. And you're not in this by yourself because number one, he said, I would never leave you or forsake you. But number two, the scripture says he's given his angels charge over you. Which means that you do have an angel. And this may be heard by somebody tonight, and they think, oh, my God, Pastor Bobby has lost his mind. Well, you know what? Take every one of those pictures of your angels up in your home down. But I like them because they're pretty. They don't look like that. First of all, I've never seen a naked baby angel. I read about it in the scripture at least. A baby angel naked, right? Whatever, man. That was not, I don't want that angel on my battle. <laughs> right? I'd be like, who ordered the circus angels, right? Like, what in the world would come to win a battle, not entertain? <laughs> Baby angels. Anyways, somebody made a lot of good money off of that. 
because she was me. Just joking. Just a book. Praise the Lord, everyone. He has created everything in all his kingdom that all that I am praise the Lord. King David understood this. You wonder why King David won so many battles. He understood how the system worked. You have to grow in this knowledge, folks. You have to grow and understand. See, my focus isn't angels. I don't command angels. I don't. See, just don't misunderstand me. I, I don't command angels. I don't uh, seek an angel. I'm just aware that they're there. And I'm also aware that they're watching my words as much as God's watching my words. God is watching my words because he said he would judge me by them one day. Every word that comes out of our mouth. That's why quite often whether I said something wrong or not, I always say, Lord, if I said something wrong or if I didn't, if I, I, every time I speak, I will always tell God, now, Lord, I felt that was on, but if I missed it, let me know and I'll correct it. Forgive me if I messed it up or said something that wasn't right. Because the last thing we need is to think we have all the answers. But if you'll walk humble before God, and if you'll just have your ears open to what the Spirit is telling you and being sensitive and stay tender to Him, when the time comes, God will give you answers. And God will give you a boldness. And you'll have confidence to know where you're at. And you'll feel the spiritual growth coming in your life. Let me tell you, it is never too late to grow in God neither. Moses was called in his 80s to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Jesus did not start ministry to the age of 30. Never say it's too late. Get rid, I don't know who this is for, get rid of the victim mentality and the pity party and understand that you are loved by God and you have not gone too far and it's never too late to start over because he gives a new beginning every day. The moment that you say, Father, forgive me of my sins and the moment that you believe and start to pray and Lord, keep me from temptation and dear God, provide me today my bread and let me live off of spiritual food and Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in my life today as it is in heaven. I'm serious, God. I want you in my life. Whew. You don't have to tell God you're serious, by the way. He knows. He knows. God sees the heart. Come on. Come on, Alicia. I want to leave you with this. You must exercise your faith in the king's purpose for his kingdom to expand in your life. We have been teaching this and teaching this and teaching this because I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help someone understand. The moment you begin to have the joy in doing God's will is a joy that the devil can't take from you. It's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. No matter how many times you feel like you don't succeed, it doesn't matter. Are you doing God's will? That's all that matters. It doesn't matter how many times you don't please people. Are you pleasing him? That's all that matters. 
you're wonderfully and fearfully made and you have a purpose. And when you tie it to the kingdom and put God in there, I want to encourage everyone here, begin your day in prayer. With your family, begin your day in prayer with your family. Begin, begin your day by making the declaration. Not for God to hear more than for yourself to hear. Of who you are in God and you are forgiven. Remind yourself, David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. And, and sometimes you need to let yourself heal your, heal, hear yourself. So God can heal you. To build your faith. And pray in the Spirit. If you've not been baptized in the Spirit and, and you want to understand it, I'll help you. But you got to help yourself too and come to church with the expectation of I'm going to get everything I need from God today and stop worrying about anybody else and everyone else. But get focused on Him and let God build your faith. Surrender your heart. It's time to surrender. I, I just, this week, this week it came to me. I was reminded of how good God has been to my family and I. I used to have uh, so many friends, so many acquaintances. But when I was in trouble, none of them showed up. When I needed my bills paid, none of them showed up. When I was in trouble, none of them were around. But my family was there and God never left us. And I learned how to depend on those two primary relationships. Number one, God. Number two, family. And number three, our church family. And those three areas of my life I focused on. And as I began to focus on, I realized every single one of them have to have one common thread. We have to all have the same purpose. So I lined my purpose up with God. And I lined my family up with the purpose of God. And I started to teach the church family the purpose of God and what we're supposed to do together. And we are all in this together. So when you feel like you're by yourself, that's your choice. That is absolutely your choice. When you don't communicate, when you don't talk, when you stay away, that you're only hurting yourself. But when you have a church family here that's here twice a week, three times a week, more than that sometimes, and we're all here to come together, to grow together, to worship together, and to be together, you're not by yourself, and you can feel the presence of God in your life to make, to solidify that you're not by yourself. God is with you. But we're a family, and we're going to grow together. You have a family. And this is what I was thinking about. Oh, man. It's been, it has been 28 years. Or 29s that have not smoked a cigarette. I have not drank alcohol. I've not touched drugs. I've not walked into a bar. And it dawned on me, sweetheart, it dawned on me. I haven't had this much fun even before. This has been the most exciting thing that's ever happened to you and I, living for God, raising our children in church, doing the will of God. 
I'm telling the truth. I've never been more satisfied. I've never been more happy. I've never been more thrilled to wake up in the day to look forward to what God has in store because I've learned how to grow in God and find my purpose in God. And I've had the excitement of seeing angels work in my life and watching some words that I know when God gave me come to pass. And I know it has nothing to do with me, but it has everything to do with God. And it has everything to do with the knowledge to know that He loves you, He loves me, and we're in this together and he wants to help us and he wants to take you further than what you can imagine you're trying too hard if you're doing it by yourself but there's a God who gave his life for you and I who became the king of king and the lord of lords who put a concept in your spirit called the kingdom of God and if you'll begin to water that and if you'll begin to make that your purpose you're going to find that there's going to come help from heaven armies available unto you to help you God will strengthen you, but let the angels and God move the mountains. Let the angels of God fight your demons. Let the angels of God, let them go and fight for you and your family. There's so much more to this than coming to church. There's so much more than this than just going through religious routines. There's a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Will you stand to your feet? And just lift up your hands and worship him. This thing is real. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto an angel tree. Everyone has got the faith to believe God. And there are angels that are waiting to hear your words that come from God. Just interact with him and love on him. That's how you get a word from God. By worshiping him. By praising him. By surrendering to him. By releasing your heart to him. Can you just let it out right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the anointing in the house. God wants to baptize somebody here tonight. God wants to baptize somebody. He's already done it for one person tonight. He's already baptized somebody in the Holy Ghost. He wants to do it again. Just surrender. was on the hillside and the servant to Elijah saw the armies come against them of the enemy and surrounding them. Elijah the prophet was so he, he was just so to himself and at peace and the servant said look look at the armies camped around us and the prophet prayed a prayer and he said Lord open the eyes to my servant that he can see 
that there are more for us than there are against us. And he opened his eyes, and behind every one of those chariots were angels, giants that were ready to go at the release of a word. And Elijah opened his mouth, and God blinded those armies, and he led them out himself to another town outside the city. And he never had to raise his hand. He never had to lose his temper. All he had to do was speak the word. All I'm telling you is, I don't care where you're at. What is your challenge? Raising your family? Raising a godly business, a kingdom business? Is it your career? Your education? What does God have for you? Ministry? Let your faith grow in God. And your faith will be a habitation for God's kingdom to help. And the servants of God. And you will begin to see God move in unprecedented ways. And you will begin to see God fight off your enemies. That enemy may be an addiction. That enemy may be an emotion. That enemy may be your neighbor. That enemy may be something that you have been wrestling with for years. It could be a spirit, a generational. It could be anything. I don't know what your enemy is. But all I know is greater is he that's in you than him that's in the world. And anything you could ever face, all you've got to do is be consistent with God and surrender.